Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we finally say what everyone's been thinking. What's going on with the worldwide waffle crisis? Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. A beautiful, a beautiful day in Los Angeles. The weather has turned to spring here in the city of angels. Have, uh, have oh, you guys' uh, thoughts turned to fancy? <laughs> Am I allowed to talk? Yeah? Hey, yeah, sure. Why not Chris Hardwick? Well, that's me. Oh, if it isn't, if it isn't Chris Hardwick. A lovely vernal weekend with yeah. most of the roads closed because of the fabulous L.A. Marathon. Chris Hardwick, uh, you know, Jordan, I don't know if you knew this. Mm. I know that you know that Chris Hardwick is, of course, an accomplished stand-up comedian. Yes. I know that you know that he's half of the hilarious music duo Hard and Firm. Mm-hmm. Did you know that since the last time he appeared on this program, Chris Hardwick has not only his own television program, but his own smash hit podcast? Wow. That's, I know, uh, right? That's pretty good. Would you say that we're like directly responsible or like solely responsible? I don't think solely is an overestimation. Yeah, I don't either. I think that's fair. I don't either. I think solely. Congratulations. Is. Thank you. Jordan. Well, congratulations to you. Thanks for launching <laughs> such a uh, yeah, illustrious yeah. career. Yeah, you're the you guys are the puff daddy of podcasting. Yeah, I, I'm just so happy that we got we got. <laughs> we'll soon on... be a joke in our own industry. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, Chris wanted to give us points on the net, but we got points on the gross. Yes. <laughs> That expression I was alluding to a while ago. I just want to make sure I get it right. A spring is a time when a time when young men's, men's thoughts, thoughts turn to fancy. Okay, Which, great. I thought it was when young men's fancy turns to motocross. <laughs> <laughs> that is because it's motocross season is coming up. That's right. Sure. You need that. You need that springtime mud mm-hmm. for motocross. And Truckzilla. <laughs> I I went to one of those one time. I was surprised at how uh, little stuff happens during it. Well, I mean, the thing a, is... A monster truck rally, not a uh, uh, motocross. But there was motocross at the monster truck I mean, the rally. Thing, the, thing with, the thing with crushing cars is that it's like, unless a car is completely destroyed... I mean, cars don't just blow up. Right. So, yeah, you know, you can right. roll over it and it's just like, all right, it's flatter than it used to be. I think we have unrealistic expectations of car destruction thanks to the Jerry Bruckheimer type guy community. Yeah, we're just like one bullet in the windshield will create just a huge ex- fireball. explode the guy in the car, sure. and then which will create a chain reaction. And, and all the women's tops come off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I liked in the last James Bond where it's like... Oh, this hotel in the desert happens to be powered by hydrogen, a completely <laughs> flammable gas. Sure. This uh, this building that seems to be made entirely of glass, for uh, some reason. Why uh, would they? Why, we should have thought of this. Great. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I tell you, no gunfire. Hoisted by our own petards. What? Uh, I don't know what accent this is, but <laughs> this person built that hotel. We, I don't think it was clear where we were from in the movie anyway. Okay. <laughs> we believed it would never crash. Yay, hydrogen! Because the hydrogen would hold it aloft, and the original exoskeleton would keep it safe. <laughs> so, Chris, as a uh, as a fellow podcaster now, do you feel the need that, like, now being on our podcast, do you feel, is there, like, an instinct to maybe, like, sabotage this podcast by being kind of bad? 
so as to like I don't really feel like answering that. See, I'm doing it. Nice. I'm oh, doing it. Oh. I'm doing it. I'm Guys, not, I'm not yes ending. I need to share with you something really important that's going on right now, and I don't want to start the show by freaking you out. The last thing that I want to do is start the show by freaking you out. I mean, for God's sake, Chris has to get over to Largo. He's got a big show tonight with Ed Helms. Um, Jordan, of course, you've got video games to play at your apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to ruin everything by freaking you out. But if this freaks you out, don't blame me. Blame the powers that be. Okay. Is this, uh, this is, I, I, I have some sort of notion that this is going to lead to us being in the basement of Yale at some point, it sounds like. <laughs> there, uh, I was at... Maybe uh, gaying out on each other while some druids watch. Gaying out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's an Sorry, that's, just, what, that's what the druids uh, love. That's they love what the it. druids love. Well, these aren't actual druids. These are like Yale dudes in druid oh, outfits. Oh, okay. Well, no, it's not the, worth it. Everyone who goes druids. to Yale is an actual druid. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just yeah. thought they liked to dress up in the druid... Yeah, the, the reason you to watch I, dudes gay out. The reason yep. you and I didn't get into Yale is because when we wrote that essay about who, what historical personage uh, we didn't, we'd most like to have dinner with, uh, we failed to choose uh, a druid. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone knows Stonehenge is just a big gay arena. <laughs> I, yeah, Stonehenge colon ancient history's spot for gaying out question mark <laughs> and then scratch out the question mark and put in an exclamation point because we've uncovered that mystery i was at uh, gelson's which is a high-end supermarket here in los angeles i don't usually shop there but this is what happened i was shopping on a saturday i didn't want to deal with trader joe's um trader joe's has a narrow aisle it's an intense shopping experience. A lot of distractingly beautiful women. P.S. Trader Joe's part of their part of their um, part of their architecture uh, plan is to never have good parking. Yes, five, five spaces tops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five spaces. That's part of that whole hipster. We want to make it hard for the consumer. They, Why aren't you riding your more. bike here, asshole? Yeah. <laughs> why can't you? Why can't you surf in on your on your board of dreams? <laughs> it's and, a, it's and, a, and good good intentions. At, at the best of times, it's a it's a painful, uh, challenging exper- experience. I, I hate going there. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, I I will only go. I usually only go there during the day on a weekday. I just keep chanting to myself. This is where the good hummus is. This is where the good hummus <laughs> is. This is where the good hummus yep. is. So I decided, but I, so this time around, I decided to pay the extra. Roughly 35%. Well, yeah. Actually, the thing I've noticed about Gelson's is that it's not like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods where it has different stuff. It's just the same stuff but more expensive. Is that the thing about as Gelson's? As far as I can tell, it's the same it's stuff It's just stuff you would buy expensive. at a Ralph's or, for our friends in the South, a Piggly Wiggly. Right. But for some reason, it costs eight bucks more. Or, yeah. a, or a King Supers if you happen to live in the Midwest. I bought sure. a bag of peas that cost $5. That's all I know. <laughs> um, and you didn't actually like the peas. I saw you Some of the them. peas, well, I love I love peas. Oh, man, is that what you guys were doing before I got here? You were watching Jesse eat peas. Is that weird? Uh, I mean, no. I'm just disappointed. Oh, I'm sorry. It's kind of like an oh shit. You know, is that technic? Would you say that's technically a kind of gaying out? I uh... mean, it's a it's a kind of foreplay in the gay community. <laughs> okay, yeah. What we call pea play. Yep. So I mean, that's something else. <laughs> I have orders for my wife to buy whole grain uh, waffles. <laughs> So I'm in, the, <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the waffle aisle checking out the waffles. There is a sign. In fact, a Man, series get your nuts out of that vice, Jesse. Jesus a, Christ! A series of identical signs in the waffle aisle. I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you what this what this sign <laughs> says. This is in the waffle area of the Gelsons. Sure. 
Due to manufacturing issues, Kellogg's is currently unable to provide a consistent supply of Eggo brand frozen waffles. Vans waffles have seen a substantial increase in demand and are experiencing shortages as well. It is projected Vans, that o- Vans waffles? It is projected that over the next three to six months, there will be sporadic outages on all lines of frozen waffles. You didn't know about this? I saw this story. This I saw this on. I'm not kidding. I saw the story on a news crawl on CNN four months ago <laughs> that there there is a massive waffle shortage. I'm not even kidding. I think I took a picture of the screen as quickly as I could. So I'm like, well, I mean, you know, it's like Iraq this, Afghanistan that, waffle shortage. I thought it was a joke. I what think is? I think it's one headline. If you ask me, they're related. I think maybe it is the, related. The struggles in the Middle East are directly related to our waffle shortage over here. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that maybe like uh, the Iranian the Iranian nuclear power controversy is is grounded in the fact that they use nuclear power to create our frozen waffles? Well, I think maybe it's part of a terrorist ploy to drive Americans insane one piece at a time. <laughs> yeah, right. We will start with the waffles, then we install the hydrogen hotels. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's kind of how it works. <laughs> what? what? And then all the women's tops will come off. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly be causing an, a waffle shortage? I'm going to guess fat people. <laughs> <laughs> Eating so many waffles. I, I'm gonna guess that American, the American obesity problem is consuming three to five times as many waffles as previous generations. Is it too difficult? Is there something in the waffle supply? Is there a key element in the waffle supply chain that's irreplaceable? Like I'm guessing, for example, this is my best guess. I'm not a waffle expert or waffleologist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my Waffle my best guess is that waffles are made with the difficult to find. Uh, metal tungsten tungsten waffles and so as our as our struggles with evo morales the socialist president of bolivia continue uh it becomes more and more difficult for us to get uh tungsten from their rich tungsten fields well, thus throttling the supply of ego brand waffles well before the ego settled on lego my ego they had experimented with stop tonguing my tungsten oh. <laughs> and then they and they were like well no one's gonna know what this is because they don't realize that there's tungsten in waffles yeah and maybe americans might be uncomfortable with with uh with consuming this this rare metal you'd think that they, oh, sorry. oh i was gonna say that you'd think that they would be able to move some capacity from pancakes over to waffles to make up for the the situation the problem now there's not a typical, pancake shortage typical pancake uh, faggot yeah. thinking, you can, wow. solve, thinking yeah. you can solve everything by moving your pancakes over to your waffles yeah, pretty soon we're going to have to start getting them from Africa and they'll be blood waffles. <laughs> That's my favorite. It is it, it's almost like it's almost like having a it's almost like having a spackle shortage or something where you're like <laughs> it's really just a couple of elements, right? Yeah. It's not You should just make more. What? <laughs> right. Oh it's my god, spackle you're right. pow- all this in there is spackle powder and spackle juice. Unless of mm-hmm. course it's, you know, unless of course it's uh Waffles are also regulated by the Federal Reserve Bank. They're like, we only print so many waffles yeah, each they'll year. Lose their value. We're in a tremendous waffle deficit right are now. Are you suggesting, and let me know if I'm parsing this correctly, that we should perhaps move from a waffle gold standard to a waffle silver standard? 
I think we need to get off the waffle standard altogether. You believe in free-floating wow. waffles. Yes, you I do. You believe in floating the waffle supply. A sort of the theoretical supply. waffle that the American public just is made to assume is there. Yeah. Sorry, sorry I mean, if I don't have the same faith in the banking class that you do, <laughs> on, Listen, on paper, I'm very waffle rich, but I can't just walk into the bank and get my waffles. It doesn't work that way, you guys. I mean, I'm you know thinking... what happened during the Civil War. I mean, those right. Confederate waffles were just worth nothing. You guys, you, you guys so it's a wonderful life, right? Oh, I, don't, I don't have waffles here. They're there. <laughs> Uh, waffles are in Ted's house. Bill's house. house. <laughs> and in my tummy. <laughs> they're in my. They're delicious in my tummy. Oh God! Is there a voice more fun to do than the Jimmy Stewart voice? Um, no, no. Except this guy who builds hydrogen oh, hotels. Oh yes. <laughs> We've got. Where Chris, is my money? <laughs> We've got Chris Whoa. Hardwick with us. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Wait, I have the cure for Kit. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Chris Hardwick, human. That's nice. I like that. That has kind of a nice uh, uh, sort of world peace ni- circa 1977 vibe. We're all the same color on the inside, guys. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry for our racially divisive nicknames. <laughs> I, but, I, uh, feel like, I feel like uh, our show is sort of like the new free-to-be you and me. It is. Wouldn't you say? Yep. It is. And for our younger listeners, you can look it up on YouTube. It was a, del- a, a, a film of delightful singing puppets just trying to get along. Sure. Were, everybody was learning, especially Mel Brooks. He right. was doing some wild improv. And I think there was some puppet penis and vagina in that, was there not? Where the little baby puppets were like, oh, you're different than me. You're a girl. Wasn't there? Yeah, boys and girls were learning they were different from each other. That's right. I had the record album, wow. so I don't, I don't remember the visual accompaniments. Oh, really? It was puppet yeah. dicks, it was though, really apparently. Hot. Oh, Just shit. bungee puppet snatch. Mm. Man, that sounds fantastic. Oh, wait, I have something important to tell you that's not, not that far from that. So I have this, I think then I've talked not about... Not far from puppet snatch. Yeah. That's the, your jumping off point for this? It is. It okay. is exactly my jumping off point for this. Um, you, you, Jordan, I think I've talked on Jordan Jesse Go before about how much I love my barber. Mm, yes. In the barbershop experience. I, I go, Chris, for your benefit, I, I go to a barber here in Los Angeles. He's been barbering for 50-some years. Uh, literally since the 1950s, this man has been barbering. His name is Jerry. Wow, back when they were bloodletting. I know, right? <laughs> and uh, he's, he answers the phone, barbershop, and uh, he, he gives you, he has robot massagers that he attaches to his hands, and he gives you a, a shoulder massage with his, like, vibrating... Like, it really looks like something that would be sold in the back, in a classified ad in the back of a ladies' magazine in 1946. Personal massager? Does he ever offer to put them on your junk? Um, No, because he's a class act. No, he just does it. He doesn't offer. Yeah, exactly. Because in the 50s, you just take it. Yeah, now's the junk part. (laughs) So. Is what he. Scowls at you. My uh, my this barber Jerry so well. is cutting. He's <laughs> cutting my hair, and he's telling me about how um, he's telling me about how, how he fucks puppets. Right. <laughs> this puppet is why fuckery. this is related to uh, what we. He t- he's telling me about how he had a '56 Chevy, '56 Chevy convertible. He's telling me this sweet story about him and his wife going up to Tahoe in their '56 Chevy convertible, towing a boat. It was a really lovely story, and I was like, wow. And and then he says. And uh, and I said, you know, did you res- did you restore it yourself, or, or what was the deal with it? And he said, no, I I was the original owner. And I was like, man, that's really nice, Jerry the barber. Like you have this original '56 Chevy, and he's just this sweet, sort of quiet, 
friendly guy, barber for 50 years. And he says, and then he, and he goes, Jesse. And I go, yeah, what's that, Jerry? And he says, so I, uh, I took it into the DMV to uh, update the registration. And uh, I was talking to the uh, lady at the counter. A, a lo- Where are his robot massagers at this point in the story? <laughs> they're, they're in the area below and behind my ball stimulating my prostate. And they're, they're, they're becoming self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're lucky this is what we want to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to take over the world. We just want to take over your balls. <laughs> and, um, and he says, and I'm We ta- just want to be covered in taint juice. <laughs> We're crazy. I like the robots would have the, have that slang. Yeah, they had slang being like yeah, taint, taint juice grass. You'd think they would have like whatever the you know medical name is for that area. The perennium. Yeah. So my barber is the a perennials, real, Chris. The my, perennials. My barber's my barber's a sweet man, and um, he's he's talking to the woman. At the, he says, "I was talking to the young lady at the DMV, and she noticed that I was the original owner of the car." And she said, wow, that must be a real treat to have a car that old. And then he goes, and so I looked around, and there wasn't anybody standing nearby. So I leaned over the counter, and I said, it's my pussy wagon. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. How did that go over? She, he said, and she just laughed and laughed. Boy, and is he laughed. lucky. Wow. He's lucky. Yeah. That's a crapshoot to drop pussy wagon on a, a DMV employee. Yeah. And you're an old guy. The yeah. thing is. I, it's more, it's, I guess better if you're an old guy. Here's the thing. My barber but... is A, old. I mean, the man is 70 years old. Uh, B, he is literally the sweetest man in the history of the world. Like, any idea you have about barbershop with, like, porno magazines on the counter? This guy is, like, Mr. McFeely. Literally. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, he's, 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 he's got a speedy delivery, if you yeah, know what I mean. There's probably, there's probably a bunch of dead models in the trunk of that car. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's why that's, it's literally his pussy wagon. Yeah. That's how he carries it around. He puts an ad on Craigslist. I'm casting for a barbershop commercial. <laughs> I'm Come casting in. for a murder victim. Sure. I've been going to this barber for two years. I've never heard him say a swear word. Right. It's my pussy wagon. And he whispered it to me, too, because he, he wasn't sure if anybody else should hear it. And didn't, oh. he like, didn't, he, didn't he just kind of gradually kind of rub his cheek on your cheek after he whispered <laughs> it to you? Yeah, it felt so good. It was, it was a night. It was coarse. It was almost painful, but not quite. Yeah. Sort of like when, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but sort of like when somebody with a robot massager on their hand really gets up in your perineum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was that and the robot is confused about what love is. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, you, I guys, I think you guys should co-host a show called This Old Pussy Wagon, and, <laughs> yeah. you, and you just travel the country and fix up pussy wagons. Pussy wagons, and uh, yeah, you put like, put like carpet and disco balls in them. This and, car uh, is so awesome, it's now a pussy's wagon. Yeah, <laughs> because sure. Because it wouldn't just be singular at that, in that, in that so case. So many pussies. My barber totally has a picture of him and Ray Romano on the wall. That's like, and he's got he's got several portraits that have been drawn by his uh, the guys the people that his whose hair he cuts. Mm. Pussy wagon, pussy wagon. It was a really lovely moment in my life. Yeah, I can see, I can see how it would be. I yeah, I guess I I guess uh, I guess it's I, I guess I know the phrase pussy wagon from Kill Bill, but it's interesting thinking that that's like a colloquialism or like something. He I, probably got it from Kill Bill. Too, yeah, he though. probably did. <laughs> 
I'm just trying to imagine my barber watching. I mean, I guess now that my barber has said to me, pussy wagon. Yeah, the gloves are off, man. The robot massager gloves are off. Oh, my goodness gracious. Jerry the barber, pussy wagon. It was a delight. Mm. I'm sure that um, I like that he whispered it to just you and the DMV and now your entire audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's important. At the end of the day, that's, that's the kind of thing that, that you have to talk about. It's those, it, this show, I think, ultimately, it's about magical moments. Yep. You know what I mean? Did you? I think the last show that we the last show that we recorded was um, was the day of the Oscar telecast, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, did you Did you watch the Did you watch the Oscar telecast? No, I was traveling to San Francisco to host an event on the Monday, and so the Oscar started when I got to the airport to host an event. Eh, host a video game launch. No, mm-hmm. I was guessing. I was guessing that it was what, uh, something about what, what video out. game? Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh wow, that's a that's a that's, that's a pretty a prestigious uh, video game. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and so I got to the airport right as the Oscars were starting. By the time I left, got to Oakland, you know, got driven to the hotel, checked in. It, it was it was just like the last two awards. Mm. Did so. you did you see Jeff Bridges? Mm-mm. Okay, this was probably the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jeff Bridges accepting his Oscar television. was fantastic. Um, uh, number one, who isn't a Jeff Bridges fan? <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly, if you're, <laughs> he's popular. He's very popular. <laughs> was that? I would just assume that you were being assaulted by uh, massage robots. No, no, no. That was me pshawing it off. But then you know. Taking it to the next level. I thought it's you were such de- a preposterous statement. I thought you were describing a Michael Bay film. Yeah, right. At the at the very least, if you're not a fan of Jeff Bridges, <laughs> racial joke, <laughs> racist joke. That's a Jeff Michael Bay. You know, he likes to he likes to mix it up between racial jokes and racist jokes. Sure, right. <laughs> um, racial jokes just involve people of other ethnicities. Sure. Racist jokes then uh, look down upon them. So I think that's the delineation. Everyone loves Jeff Bridges. Um, Whether you love him for his distinguished career as an actor, for his books of uh, on-set photography. Of course, he's an accomplished hobbyist photographer. I'm actually wearing a, a shirt from the movie Tron. Which starred Jeff Bridges. Wow. Starring Jeff Bridges. Um, I, and I, I'm wearing some promotional socks from the movie Max Payne, which co-starred Bo Bridges. Oh. So <laughs> this is fun. This is, I didn't really. If I actually had Max Payne promotional socks, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> I wish, man. I wish my life was going that good. <laughs> it is not. Um, it, it was... It, I, Jeff Bridges was nominated for this movie Crazy Heart. I don't know. I haven't seen Crazy Heart. Did you see Crazy Heart, Jordan? I, I didn't. Uh, it uh, my just dad, looks like the singing wrestler to me. My dad loved it. Sure. Uh, my dad loves Crazy Heart. Although, it to seemed be like fair... A, it seemed like a movie specifically for dads. Yeah. I mean, and my, my dad... Uh, my dad usually his usual system of judging a movie, as we may have talked about on the show before, sure. is whether he got a good nap in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. and if he got in a good nap, it's a five star movie, no matter what the other variables are. I would guess the opposite rating that if you could sleep during a movie, then it's probably not. One would presume it. that, but then one would not have met my dad. Then my, I, my, I would I would venture to guess that your dad is probably like most of America. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how America works. My dad sees my dad sees going to a movie as an opportunity to uh, escape the um, you know the torture that's going on in his mind on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so if he gets in a nap, 
uh, God bless that movie, whether it's Citizen Kane or Juana Man. <laughs> um, so wow, that's a that's a that's 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 from like the bad movie archives, Juana Man. Yeah, sure. Well, you gotta you gotta drop in some Juana Man if it's an if it's an Eddie Griffin vehicle. I'm in. Yeah. That was an Eddie Griffin vehicle, wasn't it? Don't know. Man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're racial. I, uh, my the blockbuster that I grew up going to. Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. I don't think I thought of it as this at the time because it's what you know, you know. But the blockbuster that I grew up going to was so focused on what I would loosely call uh, fat beach style films. <laughs> Um, sure. Like I remember, maybe uh, a booty call. Yeah, exa- no, exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about. There was a movie that had uh, KRS One in it that I think was called Car Fifty Four. Where are you, or something like that? And that movie that was based on an old television show. Yeah, I think so. But with with the fat boys, yeah, Buster also, or Buster Poindexter like also in that movie. I believe if he I, was. Yeah, I remember yeah. correctly. And uh, that movie probably came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Uh, I think that the full-size, extra-large-size movie poster for that was still up in my blockbuster well into 1996. Um, And this is a blockbuster. They're supposed to have corporate rules to rotate those posters. Right. But uh, anything Eddie Griffin was just good as gold in my local blockbuster movie center. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yes. (laughs) Not Jeff Daniels. Also a great actor. Yeah, sure. Um, did you, am I not mistaken that Jeff Bridges thanked his parents in heaven for helping him get into such a groovy line of work? Yes, he did. And he said, dude and man, uh, several dozen times. Uh, yeah, just further evidence that, that the, the dude was just not well, acting, was just like, were... they just turned on a camera and Jeff Bridges started existing and then a movie happened. It's amazing it. that he, because he doesn't play the dude in every film. No. It's amazing to me that someone who is the dude in real life can transform himself into something else. Like Starman or Flynn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like you can I like I can imagine a, one of our one of our many great actors or actresses transforming themselves into a dude-like character. But not the other way around. But the other way around seems so improbable. MCP, man, you're harshing my mellow, taking over this game grid, bro. <laughs> All right, Jeff, um, Flint, you got to <laughs> dial that down a little bit. I'm working on the assumption that that was Tron related. That was Tron related. Okay, I heard game grid. That sounded like a Tron thing. Yes, MCP, Master there's Control. A, now, now program. Chris, I mean, clearly Tron fan, uh, there's a new Tron movie coming out. Is that? Can In you December, confirm or Tron, deny? Tron 2.0, yeah. Feelings. Um, I'm, I love that Jeff Bridges is in it. Okay. Uh, I think that the possibility for it to be really cool is there. Mm-hmm. We have the technology. Sure. Now, Jordan, you said that, uh, our friend Chris Hardwick was a Tron fan. This, he's a man who composed a rock opera based around Tron. This is true. Wow. Okay. Maybe I didn't know that. Yes, it's true. Mike, okay, Mike so, Furman and Brendan So maybe a, a Tron obsessive then. Is that, uh, yes, yes. too far? I mean, you have to understand the the compu- the CG that they did in that film. They didn't have programs to make that. They were literally experimenting by just plugging math formulas into these computers <laughs> and then just hoping that it worked. <laughs> so you know, now they actually have software that can do that shit. You know, sure. that should be able to do that stuff really well. And 
But I'm a little I'm a little worried about it because I, I I saw the trailer and it's just I don't know. I want it to be good. I believe me, I want it to be good. I'm gonna go see it. Sure. I want it to be cool. Yeah, it seems like the 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 issue is that that before Tron was this is what it would be like to be in a video game of the time. Like here's what it would be like to be in a 1985 video game. But now it's different because a video game looks better. So what's this well, going to look like? It was like? 81. And, oh, wow. Okay. And so what was interesting about it is that at the time, increments of information were measured in things like bits and bytes. Sure. And, and, and now it's... Boops. <laughs> and boops. And now it's just not. Blarts. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no blarts. Uh, there's no Paul Blart small cop. I would like to see. I would like to see a, a 2.0 version of uh, "Can You Feel It" by the Jacksons. That um, might be hard to pull off. Yeah, one of them passed away. Were you aware of that? No. Are you Tito? No, he's fine. T- Tell oh, me, good. he'll never die. <laughs> oh, good. Because of that mechanical heart. He's got the mechanical heart. Um, is it? I have a question for you guys. Um, uh, my wife emailed me from work the other day with a piece of information that I, I knew, and I'm trying to determine whether this is something that everyone knows or I only know because I'm a big Jermaine Jackson fan. Uh, because I'm a big fan of, of yeah, no. Go ahead, sure. Let's get serious. Um, uh, did you guys know that uh, Jermaine has a child called Your Majesty? I did know that, actually. I did not know that. Uh, I did know that. Yeah. I'm that's guessing, great. Do you think that 50% of America knows that there's a one and two? Because I knew. My wife was shocked when she discovered it. Chris Hardwick knew. Jordan didn't know. Yeah. No, I'd say, I mean, the, the math is sound. Okay. That is Excellent. A, yeah. I mean, I see no need to investigate this further. In a way, it's like, it's like, the, it's like the abortion debate. It, it divides us. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, almost equally. I, and and I think the name Your Majesty is dangerously close to violating our civil liberties. <laughs> in the same, vein. it should be up to the states to decide whether or not to name a child Your, Your Majesty. Majesty. Yeah, I think what you should do is have people email you whether or not they knew about Your Majesty and just do a count, and we'll just do. You could just do a little cross section. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put okay. I'm gonna put on this. But your audience is. T- you know what? Your audience is. I'm guessing your audience is smarter than... No, no. This is a perfect cross-section of America. Okay, People listening right. to this. I okay. know you were going to imply that they're a little brainier. Not, no, just... It's, it's okay. A lot of Rust Belt. Uh, I was going to give you a, sure. give you the benefit of the doubt. There's a lot of people sticking around in Detroit that sure. are listening to our show. Uh, a lot of people in uh, Lansing, Michigan, mm-hmm. home of the Lansing Lugnuts. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the folks who listen to our program. It's not people who know... It's not a bunch of uh, Jackson's nerds. Well, then... <laughs> In that case, then yeah. I think it's a good it's a good, good test. For, good surveying tool. This show is as much a surveying tool as it is an entertainment podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, oh, Chris, can I can I sorry before yeah, sure. I, this is this I I actually am kind of uh, interested in the idea of what you do when you host a video game launch. Um, well, during the day there were two events for fans of the game. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, they showed a trailer from the game. Oh, like uh, maybe maybe for the for the non Final Fantasy, very nerdy, very Japanese role playing franchise. And well, this is and, like and the all, most. Isn't this like one of the most popular video game franchises? In yeah, the world? I mean, they they basically kind of changed the way that um, RPG style video games, role playing games, yes, were made. Uh, I mean, there, there was it was you know the the our RPGs in the late nineties were kind of popular and. This one, I think, uh, I think Final Fantasy. 
oh shoot, I can't remember what year it came out, but it's it's been a while. I mean, now they're on number thirteen. It was early two thousands, late nineties, I think. Um, and so it was very influential. And there's just been a series of of them, and they get better and better with each one. And Final Fantasy X was very popular, so this is thirteen, and it looks stunning. And so, of course, Final Fantasy the movie was a smash hit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, the thing I remember about Final Fantasy, the movie, uh, apart from just having just ba- zero to do with any of the games. I mean, the games all themselves exist in independent continuities. Like, Final Fantasy thirteen is not related to Final Fantasy twelve, but uh, the game just seemed to have zero to do with, uh, with the game. And um, it, in kind of the climax, the characters all do that move where they heroically like stay behind to fight so everybody else can get away. Mm-hmm. And then it just, at the end, it's just like two guys it's like, well, that wasn't worth it. You all, no one died for the greater good. <laughs> you all just martyred, you martyred yourselves one by one. Yep. That's how video games work. Yeah. And uh, also someone said the phrase, this planet has a high phantom density. And I thought that high phantom density is basically the best phrase ever. Ooh, that's a pretty good phrase. Yeah. It's a great phrase. I don't know. I can't speak for uh, the earth's phantom density, but, uh, but I do like, I do like that concept. Anyway, high we have a moderate density. phantom density. I'm I wouldn't McFly. say that. I wouldn't say that it's a phantom planet. Yeah. No, but there is uh, there is some degree of phantom density. Yeah, and there's and there's a there's a lot of Jason Schwartzman. Sure. If you just swat your hand through the air, there's a good chance you might hit a phantom. <laughs> I know, and it'll be crossed too. <laughs> oh, I accidentally hit Jesse's VHS copy of Phantoms <laughs> off the shelf. Jordan, remember when you uh, borrowed my collection of audio cassettes of the popular radio program, The Phantom? <laughs> I, I do. I'm gonna swat them out of your hand. Well, uh, so I, you know, we show, we bring out the game developers and bring out, you know, and they talk about the game and then the voice actors and then we just repeat that a few different times during the day and then at night there is the actual launch party mm-hmm. where, where shit goes crazy, industry people and you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. and um, and so it was it was fun it was it was really fun. Did you meet some cool video game industry types? Yeah, yeah, I met the I met the people who uh, directed and uh, helped. Um, do, do the do the battle programming for Final Fantasy Thirteen. They did not speak English, but uh, but they were very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, I mean, they were nice if their translator was to be trusted. They were very nice, <laughs> uh, and it was fun. It was it was really fun. It's nice that they had a translator on hand, though. That's that's thinking ahead. That that does take a little bit of planning, and it's nice. It's did nice. you bring some small gifts for people that you met? Because when I went to Japan, I was instructed to bring some small gifts. No. I was told that the Japanese really love beef jerky. Hmm. I I just grabbed a handful of air and said, "Here is a phantom." Here's some <laughs> right. of our local phantoms. Because <laughs> of the astonishing, sample some of our phantom wares. Mm-hmm. The astonishing density of uh, phantoms here on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Chris Hardwick, waffle liker. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you here, Chris. I've I've enjoyed listening to your uh, Nerdist podcast. By Thank the you way, very much. Uh, we were just talking about what a pleasure uh, it was to hear from Drew Carey. Yes, he was phenomenal. He's such a sweet guy, and he certainly seems like it. He's great, and just the fact that. Uh, you know, just to hear what it was like to be doing comedy in a time when there were only a couple of channels of television. And then that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. it you know, that and record albums were really your only delivery portals for entertainment. It's amazing because he lived in that world and yet is not old. It's amazing because he has like an old person skill set having appeared on Carson. Yeah. But not old. I mean, when you think about it, it really was not that long ago 
when I mean, 25 years, you know, when, you know, I mean, obviously cable television started in the 70s, but, you know, it, it wasn't really until the mid to late 80s when everyone had cable and there were tons of channels. And, and so, you know, he, for him to start in his 20s or, you know, mid 20s or whatever would only put him in his late 40s, early 50s now. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really great to hear from someone who was able to experience that, uh, that lifestyle because now, Media is so mega splintered as we are all as we know and are responsible for, <laughs> um, and in in some ways it's good, and in other ways you kind of wish like ah fuck you know if, if if all of the audiences were focused onto only a few channels it would be a lot easier to uh, to to get your work out. Although yeah. although Chris, I I would add this. Um, certainly, you say that as someone who is uh, uh, prodigiously talented, uh, uh, handsome. <laughs> uh, uh, is someone who the, certainly we would say the camera loves. Sure, um, spry. I would add. <laughs> yeah, good sure. add. Mm-hmm. Good, uh, good, good mod. Thank you. Yeah, uh, uh, sinuous. I would say <laughs> sinuous is yeah. All right, I'm still with you. It's um, veering over into non compliment now, but sure, <laughs> we're just saying things. I guess <laughs> scrawny is a word. Yeah, elegant. Can we say elegant? Swan like. Um, uh, graceful, um, and. Given those factors, given your talent, given the fact that you're uh, you're a handsome man who looks good on television, uh, given the fact that you're so sinuous, and that because of that, you set the hearts of American women aflame, uh, in the in the same way that um, uh, you know Cary Grant once did. Um or, or Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio in the late 1990s. Yeah, yeah, I would put myself in that category. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think I get more. I think I get more fan tweets that say you're hot from gay dudes. Really? Which mm. I have to say, it's kind of cool. I genuinely appreciate it. Because you know, actually, last last time we recorded the show, I got my first "You're hot" from a gay dude on our answering and, machine, and, what, and it felt great. I'll tell you what's great about it is that gays are very picky, sure, and they yep. they know what looks good, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. I really, yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you, gays. I really appreciate it. I honestly do. Yeah, and uh, sincerely, just to just to uh, just bring it back to me, uh, what really made mine uh, flattering was he let us know. While he was talking about how good-looking I was, he was making the uh, tongue-in-cheek-to-look-like-dick motion. So so you're going to blow him, or he wants to blow you? Hey, you know what? Doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. Flattering it's just cool. either way. It's just yeah. Flattering that he would want to deal with penises and mouths there in some way. There would some way. That, just to know that with you're wanted. With little old me. Yeah, that's really nice. And uh, I, I think you have, all these, you have all these skills that are perfectly <laughs> suited for an age of mass media. And you've remade yourself, certainly as a niche media superstar, with your hit television program, Web, Web Soup, your popular website and podcast, Nerdist.com. Certainly you've, you've found a niche to hit a home run in every time. But uh, frankly... Without without uh, action sports television networks and uh, marginal public radio programs uh, and internet podcasting about dicks, um, I don't think Jordan and I would be eating. I think we'd be working at the Carl's Jr. Sure, I'll, t- yeah. I'll tell you what it w- what it would have been. A- it was a lot harder twenty five years ago to do mouth uh, penis and mouth related um, programming. <laughs> sure, and have it get out anywhere. So no, yeah. you're absolutely right. Just I mean, it out there and the fact that. Um, and uh, but and I feel like I feel like they're both uniquely challenging. Like the challenge in the old days was you have to be good enough to get on television because there's only so many spots. Right. And now the challenge is 
everyone is broadcasting something, so you have to be good enough to be able to hear, to be heard right. above the din of the rest of humanity, which is <laughs> which is a which is a, a, a fully integrated digital culture now. I want to share something about about what it takes to be heard above the din of the rest of humanity. I think this telephone call is really. I hear it as a clarion call, an inspiration mm-hmm. uh, in terms in, in terms of that very issue. Okay. Hey, George and Jessica. Um, it's Heather in San Francisco. I was just calling to um, let you guys know, mostly Jesse, uh, that I was just coming out of the 24th Street BART station in San Francisco. And My former home BART station. Okay. And um, there was a house that... Uh, you know, has this really great, uh, like, charcoal uh, drawing of the cover of Lou Reed's Transformer. Um, and now uh, next to that portrait is another gorgeous portrait of KTVU's Dennis Richmond. So I thought that maybe mm-hmm. if you would like to know that. Um, I do. all of our hearts. And we miss him terribly. Okay, bye. He lives in our hearts. A man whose whose powerful voice, whose keen sense of judgment, uh, whose rational and intelligent approach to local television news has inspired all of us, um, and that's that's without bringing into this his number one uh, uh, qualification, which is just a spectacular mustache, just a beautiful, full, inspiring mustache. I'm sorry, inspiring in what way? It inspired me to want to have a beautiful, full, inspiring mustache. Now, are you like me and you have uh, white guy syndrome, Anglo syndrome, where your face tries to tell you by not growing properly (laughs) that you shouldn't have a mustache? Yeah. And sometimes you try anyway in spite of your genetic you want it so badly. You want it so bad because it's too much hair. It's enough hair that it's annoying. Yeah. And you have to shave it all the time and blah, 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 blah. It's like trying to fuck a phantom. <laughs> you got it, Jordan. Yeah. Well, I don't think it is because you can fuck a phantom. All you have to do is just swing your hips in any direction. Because <laughs> just start air fucking. I think, you know, a phantom will get in the way. I think what we determined earlier is that, <laughs> that we have a phantom-dense yes. uh, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I, I want to play this call for you guys. This was sort of like This is sort of like one of those calls where... I, I was interviewing somebody at South by Southwest, a short filmmaker, and he talked about how... How tall was he? Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, nice. you guys. He, he talked about how... Um, That's my dog pound in the background. <laughs> Move me! He talked about how it's important in any story to open with some mystery, something that will draw the audience in and make them want to find out what's next. Um, and I feel like this is a, was a sort of a perfect distillation of that. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, this is Grant from Phoenix calling with a momentous occasion. Uh, let's see, I was just fired uh, because of a text message and via text message, and uh, it went something like this. Uh, my boss wished me happy birthday. He said, uh, happy birthday, old man. Uh, we're very happy to have you around, and uh, I responded with some things. You can fill in the blanks, but the uh, end of the long string of, string of text messages was, Go fuck yourself from my boss, and I hope you have a great future. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I was fired and why I have free time to call a podcast. Wait, what? This guy called in to say he's leaving out essential information here. I mean, like, probably the most – I'm not even going to say probably. Definitely the most important information. How do you get from happy birthday – 
old guy to fuck yourself. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't understand his choice. Because first I thought, maybe he doesn't want to you know, say to swear. But then he ends it with fuck yourself. And clearly that was not the issue. Could not be more perplexing. He said it as though it was A leads to B, which naturally leads to C. Yeah. I, my boss sent me a happy birthday text message. And of course, at the end, he told me to fuck myself and enjoy my next job. Here's pretty much, uh, here's wow. pretty much the history of the Earth in a nutshell. First, the Earth was here, and then some other stuff happened, and now there's people. Like, that's how that guy <laughs> would be as a history teacher. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I feel like this is a constantly recurring problem. I feel like it's, it, it's mainly the problem with the sex stories that we get is the thing you would want to hear about is left out. I, yeah. I would call that bad storytelling. Yeah. Here, okay, now here's – this is a story – this is a person who called in, and I feel like this is a person who understands – that you you can't you you have to you have to close with a bang you have to understand what is the impact in your tale and you have to leave people wanting more and and completely satiated to the point of overflowing um and, and that's what i feel like this person really understands in their 30 seconds on the telephone hey jordan hey jesse uh this is pete from albany new york calling uh i just saw a sign uh, at a church, and the sign says, "Reckless loving is reckless living." Dot dot dot. Use your head. Use a condom. And then somebody wrote in I don't know paint or something underneath, in the butt. <laughs> See, this is a man who understands how to make an impact. There was already an interesting story, and he ended it. He ended it with a, a strong closer, as we say in the business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you have to leave the audience now. The audience is on their feet; they're roaring for more. But you're not going to give it to them. They just got the best in the business. Wow. It's hard to follow that. It's you know, like you. That, I don't even know if you could follow that with an encore. I think it's just a good night. No, it's you're just. It's just a, a tip of the hat. How's your uncle? God bless. Here's America. how the previous guy would have told that story. Uh, I was walking by a church, and then I'm not going to bore you with what happened in the middle. And then in the butt. <laughs> or then I laughed at the sign. I laughed at the sign I saw. So I got It was time great. To, yep. It shows an innate understanding of joke structure. Jordan and I got into this thing uh, a couple weeks ago where, we, where Jordan was perplexed by this license plate frame. Uh, the license plate frame uh, was on the van of some very, very, very obese people. And it said... Uh, dancers have great buns. And I, I, I more I, to paint a clearer picture. The top of the license plate frame says "dancers have nice," and then you look down as if to see the joke, and it's just "dancers have nice buns." Now it took us uh, it took us a week of listening to telephone calls and fielding our uh, polling our thousands of audience members to realize that this is apparently an allusion to the fact that many, but not all, dancers wear their hair in a bun. Oh. Now, I think this this call, I think, is uh, is almost, I would say, a distillation of the spirit of that license plate frame. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, go. Just calling in uh, with a momentous occasion. It's actually about the... the, uh, topic that you guys were talking about on the podcast about um, license plate frames and uh, how license plate frames with not really that funny uh, subject matter, I guess, on them. Um, well, anyways, I just saw a silver Corvette um, with the license plate frame that said, 
my other ride is at home. Uh, so just that just reminded me of uh, the podcast and. Uh, my other ride is at home. I have to say, I'm normally I'm normally not a fan of license plate or license plate frame comedy. Mm-hmm. I love the purity of that <laughs> statement. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like a Norm Macdonald joke or something. It really is. I think even better was my other ride is a ride. <laughs> That's the next uh, license plate frame. That That's to come fantastic. Out. If if I'm behind the wheel, then I'm driving. <laughs> this it's, is a car now. It's this it's is a car now. It's all about capturing magic sure. moments. Um, uh, it's Jordan Jesse Go. We've got Chris Hardwick with us. Uh, we'll be back in just a second with more pee break. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Chris Hardwick, solid phantom. It's great to have you here, Chris. Isn't it nice to have Chris Hardwick back? It's very nice. It's fun to be back on the show. A long time coming. Uh, Well, because you you emailed me a couple times while coming back on, and I had scheduling problems, and each time I really felt like, ah, I want to go back on that. It's so much fun. missed out. It's a blast. It's a blast to have Chris Hardwick. Max FunCon alum, Chris Hardwick. Oh, Max FunCon alumnus. Mm -hmm. Alumnus. Alumnus. Mail form. Alumnus. Yep. Um. Oh, God bless Chris Hardwick. He's got his own podcast with our pal Jonah Ray, who's mm-hmm, also uh, sure. Jonah Ray, also a, a veteran of Jordan Jesse Go. Yes. So we kind of made him too. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, no one's so disputing is. that you're not. That, okay. you know, At the not time, he was just some guy with a seven inch out. Um, Pardon me. He had a seven inch out at the time. What? How do you mean, sir? Uh, it's a, 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 a single track vinyl recording. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh. I thought you were talking about his dick. No, I do, no. I, I what? was no. I wouldn't. Oh, no. we were all I, on different pages. No, I wouldn't. No, no, I would never. Ever. No, I would certainly wouldn't. On our program, we ask people to give us a telephone call when something momentous happens to them. It's a segment called Momentous Occasions. Ah, good evening to the fine podcast, Jordan Jesse Go. This is C.M. Gonzalez in Los Angeles, California. Uh, a beautiful occasion my uh, that you could call momentous it happened yesterday and it's been uh, been carrying me ever since it uh, this has not been a fun week uh <clears throat> without getting into things it's just been uh pretty terrible for lots of things but yesterday coming home from work i walk up the stairs and i happen to glance over and at the house which is across the yard look up the roof and there's this little bird uh, it's the first robin of spring uh, and, and, and you recognize him because he's a little bird with a red with a red breast. And I look over, and he's got he's got a little twig in his beak, and he's hopping around on the the roof, being followed by a, another little robin, uh, a, a lady robin. You you can tell because of the coloring and her tits. And it's <laughs> a beautiful thing to see. You look over, and on this great beautiful day, that you suddenly notice is. That suddenly, after work, you notice it's a beautiful day, and you come home, and you look over, and you see the first robin of spring hopping across a room roof uh, on his way to build a house for himself and his and, and his uh, lady robin bird. It's a beautiful moment. What? Maybe the he first was robin of spring. Maybe he was going to use the twig to beat her because she was cheating on him. You don't know yeah, what they sure. were. Yeah, sure. But I have to say, <laughs> yeah, don't just assume that it's beautiful. It could you, be awful. If you know Mr. Gonzalez in Los mm-hmm, Angeles, sure. give that guy a hug. It sounds like he's having a rough he's time. He's having a tough time. 
But you know what? I hope it gets better for him. He had something beautiful enter his life. And you know what that was? That was the first Robin of Spring. I feel and like that was just kind of a news from Lake Wobegon. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> to be true, to be truthful, it was the first and second Robin of Spring. By the seventh Robin, it's like, I'm, I yeah, get it, Robin. Rope it in, guys. I get it, Robin. Let's get some Blue Jays out here. You Jordan, live, you maybe, live in houses, too. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I missed the Lutheran jokes, but I think that that yeah. was a sincere and not a manufactured moment of magic. Yeah, my, my other Robin is at home would be the Robin plate that I would put on that. <laughs> <laughs> guess what Robin Hello, plates Jordan, on your Robin? Go. This is Julian my other Robin has hollow bones. A quick momentous occasion. I just got a letter telling me I have a $10,000 a year scholarship to a college that I really wanted to go to. So I was very happy about that. Thanks for the podcast. I love it. Bye. See? It's nice moments in people's lives. Yeah, it's kind of a selfish moment, though. The other guy was seeing something in nature, and she's like, I have $10,000 a year to go study things. Yeah. Oh, Chris. That other guy we made fun of is way better. <laughs> I, did, I did not make fun of Mr. Gonzalez. That's a guy no, that was... you don't want to make fun of because he's having a rough time, <laughs> yeah. and I want someone to hug that guy. Sure. Chris, what I didn't expect, and I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I appreciate When your we invited you back on the program, the last thing that I expected was that just because you have your own television program on the G4 network. Oh, you're talking about Web Soup? Just because <laughs> you have your. Sunday's date? I don't know what it comes on. You have your own. Popular, <laughs> it might. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. Just because you have your own popular podcast in the world of on demand media, I would never have expected you to go Hollywood. You of all people. Did I? It sickens me. What did Chris. I? Yeah, what did I? What Wait, did what you, happened? What did I miss? You turned against a young woman who was just trying to pursue her dream of a college education, almost certainly the first person in her family to go to college. Yeah, but I'm such a fan of the Mad Men paradigm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's right. Well, understood. If you have a momentous occasion, you can give us a call and uh, record it for us. 206-984-4FUN is the number to call. 206 984 for fun. We'll be back in just a second with more of Jordan Jesse Go. Oh my god, that would be so wonderful to have that ability. <laughs> that would be like the best X-Men power ever. Yes, indeed. Hello, Jordan. Hi, John. All right. I don't mean to stand in the way of progress. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Chris Hardwick, person. You're you're really like you're you're losing your nickname momentum, Chris. You could just have one. Like I don't. I, you don't need to come up with a new one each time. That's why I'm so bad with nicknames. I feel like I can't repeat them. Yeah. That's okay. why none, one never sticks because sure. I throw a different one every time. Um, you know, in the world, in the world of entertainment mm-hmm. and just in the world of day-to-day life, it can be so difficult to resolve disputes. You said it, Tyra. Um, <laughs> there, if only there were some final arbiter, a man so wise that his word was quite literally gospel. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're talking about Jesus Christ. Get out of my head! But I'm not talking about Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a man who's possibly even more wise and certainly... And less controversial. Certainly more... Because that's something we don't need on this show. Certainly, at the very least, more frequently seen on television. Uh, To be specific, I'm talking about Judge John Hodgman. Judge Hodgman, uh, welcome back to Jordan Jesse Go. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. I'm John Hodgman, the double-jointed jester. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was prepared. And, and, and as I've always said, 
more famous than Jesus. <laughs> it has been confirmed. Yeah. It has been confirmed. Um, I, w- I want to point out that for this segment, I'm wearing promotional The Tavis Smiley Show headphones. Sure. And apparently Tavis, did, Tavis skimped on the length. Wait, wait, are you wearing are you wearing Beats by Tavis Smiley? Are those the headphones you're wearing? Uh, yep. Those Beats by Tavis Smiley. They needed a way to up the ante after the success of the Dr. Dre headphones. Exactly. They're right. sensible looking. Uh, right. They they look sensible. I, think, I, I don't think they would be. I think it would be more like Insights by Tavis Smiley. <laughs> um, yelled Insights. Yeah, yeah. Um, these Tavis Smiley headphones, apparently the folks over at Tavis uh, skimped on the cord part of these headphones. Um, I've had these headphones since I got them for free at a public radio conference. I, I'm a, I like Tavis a lot, uh, but they're too short. They've got the one of those. Short. They, I cannot put my, my yeah. phone or MP3 player in my pocket uh, right. with these on right. without, without hunching down. But, I, but, but I think the problem is, Jesse, you are 13 feet tall. <laughs> that's true. And these are probably proportioned for a normal human, a non-giant. That's fair. Right. That, so that's, that's fair. It's not my place to say. Okay, so what we do when we have Judge Hodgman on is uh, we present a dispute. This is for your benefit, Chris. Um, the two parties in the, in the dispute are uh, typically at loggerheads. I'm already lost. Wait a minute. Um, is, is, is Chris Hardwick there? Yes. Oh, you have to explain everything to that guy. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> what? Yeah. John. All right, Chris, you've Funny. inhaled. Exhale, exhale. Uh, yeah. That's how you stay alive. What about the next time? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why, that's why his nickname is Exposition Chris. That's right. <laughs> We've got... John uh, says that because I explain everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, Chris. Just make that clear... Well, never mind. <laughs> we've got we've got Vince in the studio here. Vince brought uh, this dispute to us, and, and Vince, introduce your fellow disputant or your oh, uh, your debutant. I guess I guess this would be I would be where I would talk. Uh, yeah, so I'm Vincent, and this is Ryan, who I brought with me today, and uh, we work together and take a lot of lunches, and that's where the uh, dispute in question originated. I, let, me, let me get let me get this straight, please. Is it Vince or Vincent? Um, it, that's up to you, man. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, I'm going to say Vince. Uh, all right. Okay. Great. We'll meet him halfway. And, 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 is that and like your disputant is, uh, is Ryan. Yes, Ryan. And uh, pronounced here. Ryan. Yes. Chris, uh, as the guest, you'll be representing Ryan's side of this uh, dispute. And Jordan, you'll be representing Vince. Of course, I will be serving as the bailiff because of my powerful build. And my question is, is it customary to have no idea what the dispute is about as a uh, defense attorney? That is the custom, yes. Okay. Yes. And that is, I have been briefed. Yeah, yeah. You've, been, they, you've, you've been assigned as a public servant to this case. You have Just like seconds. the justice system. Yes, exactly so. <laughs> and um, just, just as in a traditional English courtroom... Uh, we are all wearing merkins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and right. using the c word liberally. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, the court of the honorable judge. Oh, I actually put on a gherkin. <laughs> Take that pickle off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the court of the honorable judge John Hodgman is now in session. Judge John Hodgman uh, presiding. Wait, which right. guy am I? Arguing for You're it? representing Vince. Okay. Vince, 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 Vince brings the complaint. I would like to hear his side of the story, please. Okay. So here's how it, it all went down. Uh, Ryan and I were trying to decide. About please don't use slang. Please oh, don't oh, use slang. I, I'm, I'm very sorry. I'm terribly sorry. Go on. Um, 
We were trying to decide what to eat. Hearsay. <laughs> order, order, order. Yes, the, I, I'm sorry, Judge. Um, the, the, the state of mind of the defendant cannot be uh, assumed by the plaintiff. All right, let me explain this to you, Chris. I don't... Okay, what? In order for this delightful radio segment to work, I need to hear what his complaint is. <laughs> oh, is this... I thought we were really... Okay. All right. So here's the complaint. Uh, we... I'll get right to the nitty-gritty of it. I, I said no slang, but go on. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought, thought old-timey slang was okay. Um, I believe that chili is not a soup, that chili is in a food category of its own, and my... Uh, my fellow uh, brother-in-arms here, Ryan, believes that chili is, in fact, a soup. God damn it. I have to defend that? Yeah. That is, um, yeah, yeah, right? That See? is a simply – first of all, Vince, uh, let me commend you uh, – commend you, rather, on, on, on the brevity of your, of your presentation. Oh, thank you. you. You clearly are a person of principle, and you're just saying what you believe very succinctly, and I appreciate that. Oh. Ryan, let me hear your side of the story, please. Well, I, I have not heard any compelling arguments – why chili should be thought of as its own genre of food. Uh, I Can I ask Ryan to step into the microphone, please? Okay, I'm Ryan, sorry. Thank you, Rusty. 13 feet. Yeah, Rusty, tell that man to step tall. to the microphone, please. Yeah. Um, I, I've always just thought that if it comes in a bowl and it looks like a soup and it smells like a soup, it's a soup. And that's how I feel about chili. All right. Um, Vince, uh, may I just quickly ask, what sort of damages are you seeking? What, I mean, why do, you, why do either of you care about this? What is at stake? <laughs> that could be a whole other thing, actually, because uh, we, we drive everyone. No, make it this thing. <laughs> we, we basically drive everyone we know away from us whenever we're eating because inevitably, if there's a menu involved, we're going to look and see where chili is placed, whether or not it's under soup or under chili. Um, and it. it's just been a living nightmare the past year because uh, we can't make friends anymore. So I, I think. The only damages I would want is for Ryan to admit that uh, that chili is is uh, chili. So and you can settle. You want this dispute settled for once and for all, so that you can go on about your lives and stop and stop annoying everyone around. You. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's about it. Because uh, otherwise, it'll just be the two of you left yeah. in the world that alone. And a gift certificate to Chili's. Discussing the discussing the relative viscosity of chili and how that stacks up in the soup department. I understand. All right, that's fine. Uh, let me uh, now turn to Mr. Hardwick, uh, representative for the uh, the chili as uh, uh, soup. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a Vince, you, you say it is not yeah. a soup. Chris, it is yes. its own. It is sweet, generous. All right. Ryan, you say that chili is soup. Uh, Hardwick, let me hear what you have to say on this subject now that you've had uh, an appropriate amount of time to prepare your case. Well, Your Honor, for the benefit of Your Honor, who cannot see these gentlemen, Ryan is at least 50% Asian. And mm. it is, at the it is, very least, it is my feeling that in the Asian community, mm. anything, any food substance that is uh, at least thirty percent more liquid and served in a bowl is defined as a soup. Mm-hmm. So That's I, true, I, I feel that he he is merely uh, mirroring the the uh, the ideas that were passed down to him from his ancestors. And standing firm and not violating what he believes would be going against his cultural tapestry. I see. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural relativist explanation. We're a very proud people. Yeah, okay. Like, as though, as 50% though this, of you is. As though it were the PC days, as though this were 1992. I Correct. understand. Very Correct. good. All right. Uh, Mr. Jordan, uh, please speak uh, on behalf now, of the Chile as Chile uh, contingent. For the benefit of your honor. 
the guy who says chili is soup is 50% Asian. And Asians are naturally deceptive and argumentative. <laughs> so I feel that there is a cultural bias. I feel uh, – listen, here's the argument. Here's, here's – You mean after the racial slur? Here's the argument? <laughs> yes. Now that I have slurred. Chris, I don't think you need to uh, uh, pull your eyes uh, thinner. <laughs> I think that's really inoffensive. Do you guys have any tape so I don't have to hold them? <laughs> or some eyeliner. Yeah. Listen, guys. Me love you long time, Okay. <laughs> Um, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I don't like where this is. Order, order, order. Sorry. So the argument was. If By the I, way, this is the most this is the most crypto racist Judge John Hodgman segment ever. I don't know how, don't know how crypto it is. Yeah. And supist. It's, yeah, it's better than our crypto zoological one. All yeah. right. Yes. Very good. We can get to that later. Now. Sure. You were, so you were saying. Uh, so I'm you saying if I'm using a cultural relativist argument. Yes. Uh, if I was hearing the argument correctly, which is which is basically to say that that because Asian people do not know how to drive, they can't tell. <laughs> I implied that. I mean. Yes. I see. Um, that, uh, that's terrible. <laughs> also karate. <laughs> um, if I was hearing the argument correctly, it wait, was... Wait, wait, wait oh. a minute. Let, 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 I, 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 all right, go ahead. Finish your, your, your bit there. Oh, no. It, uh, the bit's <laughs> over. I was actually going to actually argue now, which is in itself a bit like this whole thing is. What but... is Vince's... Mr. Vince, what is your uh, ethnic background? Oh, I am uh, Mexican. Oh. More than 50%. Oh, yeah. That explains the chili. Thing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't think how that explains anything. Yeah. I, I think if he was really Mexican, he'd realize that... Chili con carne would be the, the appropriate name for said dish. See, this is, now, <laughs> let me interject here. As the yeah. bailiff, it's a point of information. Vince, are you Mexican or Tex-Mexican? <laughs> well, I, I'm from California, but I, I'm a pretty bad Mexican. I don't speak Spanish, so. I see. Okay. And most, I, look, I look more Persian, so imagine that. You look more Persian? Yes. Yeah, I know that doesn't exist anymore, but. Uh, um, Vincent, as your attorney, I'm advising you to stop common, listening. It's a very common adjective for describing people that you can't see. Of course it exists. <laughs> oh, you know that Persian-looking fellow. <laughs> sure. Oh, you know the one with the Persian features? And Again, all the and all the scars. Point of information. When he says that he looks Persian, he means that he has long, flowing white hair covering every inch of his body. <laughs> Have you ever like seen the game? Hall in Prince of Persia? Yes, Prince of Persia. <laughs> yeah, I look exactly like that, but right. with way less abs. Thank you, th- thank you, Vincent, for keeping it racist. Now, <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, were, you were going to say something? Uh, yeah, I, I was saying, if I was hearing the argument correctly, it's the, it was that if it is served in a bowl and smells like soup, then it's probably soup. And, and is, is lar- is, has a, a, a large liquid constitution. Sure. I, but it Wait a minute, Hardwick, are you making Jordan's case for him? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm arguing against <laughs> no, him. No, no, this is so... He this really all, is a public this, defender, this, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, hey, <laughs> zing. Regular John Larroquette. If it's um, served in a bowl... Yeah. I, but, guess I, well, I guess what I would have to ask, uh, just, just to understand your argument, is... Uh, what is it about chili that makes it uh, unique uh, and set apart from the soup classification specifically? Oh, I just think it's, uh, it's a heartier meal, and mm-hmm. the manner in which you eat it is much more festive than the way you would eat soup. There are Whoa. chili cook-offs. I would, I, would, oh, I, would, I, I would step in and argue and say that Chunky 
The soup that eats like a meal is ex- exceedingly hearty, but still in the soup aisle. But it's not nearly as uh, as viscous or magma-like as chili is. But it's still soup. You wouldn't put uh, chunky soup on a burger. Yeah. I, I'll eat it. Ch- yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying this is the... Think, you would, though. Order, 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 order. I think with the audible gasp <laughs> in the courtroom... Per- that arose after Vince's in uh, rather uh, impeccable uh, rhetorical flourish. Uh, can you put it on a burger? Uh, I think I am. I am ready to retire to my chambers and uh, and come to my decision. The judge court is out of session while the judge retires oh. to his chambers. Jesse the bailiff. Jesse the bailiff. Yes, sir. I'm back because it was an easy decision. Ah, uh, the judge is prepared to render his judgment. Do all parties acknowledge that acknowledge that this judgment is final? I, I, I would like a closing statement. Incorrect. No. <laughs> Denied. Who, who, who requests a closing statement? Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, you know what I would say? Just relax, my friend. Okay. Okay. Don't, don't, don't push this too hard. Okay. You've already tested this court's patience. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're And right. I am inclined to rule... In neither of your favor. Hey, we all lose. Oh, God. I am going to split this baby in half. Wow. So that neither of you can enjoy it. Because the truth is... (laughs) Just like Jesus. Chili is not a soup. Primarily because of the time it takes to cook it. It is a stew. (gasps) I don't know about the stew one. Oh, do not talk to the judge. (laughs) I will tase you. First of all, let me just say that chili is not a Mexican invention. It is a Texan invention. By and, Mexican. of course, the, the famous bowl of red uh, that uh, was first developed and identified as chile was actually um, uh, involved no beans or no tomatoes. It was merely broth and meat simmered with ground, uh, with ground chilies, dried ground chilies. And then those other things were added later. The distinctive thing of chili, of course, is that unlike a soup, which can be cooked for a long time or made very, very quickly, chili itself must be uh, braised over many, many, the the meat must be braised over many, many, many hours for it to be tenderized. And when you are braising meat over many, many, many hours to the point of viscosity, that is what qualifies it as stew. I wish that I could rule wholly in Mr. Vince's favor because I agree quite strongly that chili is not soup of any kind. However, I do not wholly agree because I do not believe that chili defines its own category of foodstuff. It is a stew, although a kind of subcategory of stew that has its own weird culture, uh, lingo, and, um, and horrible uh, weird cook-offs. But, uh, but n- nonetheless, it is a stew. So I guess technically I am ruling in Mr. Vince's favor, um, but I would say I am offering you guys this, um, this meaty olive branch, as it were, hmm. to say, to shake hands, admit that neither of you are correct, you know, absolutely correct, and the reality is we're talking about stew here. No justice, no peace. No justice, <laughs> no peace. I am also chanting... <laughs> uh, Vince, Ryan, do you accept this judgment? 
Um, next week, I'd like to bring up the fact that I think stew is soup. Uh oh. <laughs> that sounds like an appeal. That, that was Ryan. Ryan wants to appeal. Okay. I would. I would. I would remand Ryan to the nearest mental institution. <laughs> I would, uh, because I'll be the because basically what he is saying now is that all language is meaningless, <laughs> <laughs> and and that and that is why I know you know my my disagreement with that could not be more profound, and it is precisely why I no longer teach comparative literature at Yale. But that is for another story. <laughs> uh, no, I have ruled uh, chili is a stew. It is certainly not a soup. Neither of you are exactly correct. But you need to get over this and start, you know, start arguing about sandwiches. <laughs> um, we actually have an argument about sandwiches. Oh, God. Then we shall save that for next time. I shall be happy to hear it. Judgment has been rendered. Court is dismissed. Tough but fair. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Chris Hardwick, carbon-based life form. Chris, uh, as always, just... Uh, uh, I, I don't understand. I, I feel like... Sometimes you feel like you've been blessed. Blessed... Um, like when you see the first two Robins of Spring? Sure. Look, I don't know about you guys, but I've Committing met... the first domestic abuse of Spring? I don't know about you guys, but I've met Archbishop Desmond Tutu. He leads something called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa. His goal is to resolve through nonviolence uh, a, a nightmarish conflict that has destroyed the cultural fabric of a nation over the course of hundreds of years, literally hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And when I met him, I felt a certain eminence emitting from him of a phantom of goodwill if you will a dense phantom i i thought i would never feel that again until you chris hardwick stepped into this studio to record you're not the first person to make that extended metaphor Uh so sure so you know what it's like (laughs) i do um, Chris, you, we talked about your we talked about your podcast. You're not only doing your podcast uh, in, let's say, Drew Carey's house, for right. example. Right. You're going to take it to the stage. Yes, we're starting a monthly show at Largo in Los Angeles. Largo's a nice spot. Largo's a nice spot, and uh, we're going to do the podcast live uh, at Largo. And our first guest will be uh, Adam Savage of MythBusters. Wow! Hey. And that's going to be uh, April 5th at Largo. So if you go to my website, Nerdist.com, you will see details. Adam Savage, Adam Savage is the one that doesn't wear the beret, correct? He does not wear the beret. I um, know my Mythbusters. That's Jamie. Yeah. Uh, Adam, Adam wears the glasses. I find, the other guy that wears the glasses. I find Jamie very comforting because he is a guy who is on television but also looks like he could not live in any other city other than my hometown of San Francisco. And what's great about him is that people have started um, – Dressing like him, like he is. What I love about Jamie is, and, and, and I mean, I love both those guys. But as a performer, I look at Jamie and I'm like, God damn it, why don't I have a distinctive look? Like, yeah, you know, like it's such. As a performer, if you have a distinctive look, you are so far ahead of the game. Yeah, because so much of what you're saying is said without words. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, and I don't have that. I'm just a dude who wears. The yeah. Tron shirts. But you do have a live show at Largo. Which that's Largo-LA.com, that's if I'm right. not mistaken, if people want to find out about that. And then that. I don't know if you... I, I, I'm going to take a guess that you have fans in uh, Seattle. 
Uh, Seattle, Washington? Seattle, WA. The Emerald City? That's the one. A very smart, uh, hip town. Old Um, Space Needle. The old (laughs) Space Needle. I'm going to be doing a show there April 10th at the Showbox at the Market with uh, Mike Furman. We're going to be doing... we're both going to do some stand-up and some music, and it's fun. And, oh, that sounds would, fun. So are I you, would really love your listeners to come because you have cool listeners. We and I do want, have the coolest listeners. I want nice, fun people No to offense come. to your listeners. No, no, no. But they're fun. real shitballs. <laughs> well, listen, I'm glad we're here talking about this on your podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it sounds well, to one, me... Oh, sorry. It sounds I'm going to tell me, Mythbusters thing. Okay, but let me, add, okay, let me say sorry. this one more thing to, to get people to go to this show. Oh, sure. Because last week, here's the thing. Last week, Chris Fairbanks was here, our good friend Chris Fairbanks. We talked a lot about how great his album is. I got a lot of emails from very, very happy customers sure. of Chris Fairbanks' And they album. should be. He's amazing. Chris he, Fairbanks is One of the great. best, right? So hilarious. People bought his album. They were delighted. They couldn't have been happier about their decision. I feel like that's how people are going to feel if they live in L.A. and they go out to this Largo show or they live in Seattle and they head out to the, uh, what's this thing called, the music box? The show box. The show box. And there's two. Ours is a show box of the market. Uh, So let me ask you this. This is what I'm thinking, Chris. I hear that you're there. Mm -hmm. I hear that the hilarious and wonderful Mike Furman is there. One of the best people in the world. So nice. There's no doubt about that. And fantastically hilarious. Yep. And I hear that you're both going to be performing stand-up comedies. Yes. But I heard music as well. There might be a couple hard and firm mm-hmm. songs in there. Hard and firm. Uh, wow. This sounds like three for the price of two. It really is three shows for the price of two shows. That's spectacular, Chris. Which is a good bargain. That's one more sure. show than you would have An gotten. extra show. Well, Jordan, a slightly extra show. I'm sorry. You wanted to talk about Mythbusters. Oh, I just you one time. You talk about Mid- Mythbusters, and while you do it, I'll just say nerd under my breath. Uh, this one time I made a Twitter about how uh, how hot the lady Mythbuster is. Carrie and, Byron. Yeah, and then everybody just added me back. You know she's pregnant. To, like, make me seem like some sort of weird pregnant fetishist. I didn't know that. I'm watching it on Netflix On Demand. Right. Okay. <laughs> and also, what's wrong with... That's almost like they're saying pregnant people are ugly. Yeah. She's glowing, and I'm attracted to that glow. She's a very pretty pregnant lady as well. I sure. Knew, I, yes. We, uh, we all actually... I'm glad that you mentioned Twitter, because uh, the one thing that I do want to make sure to say is that as this goes out, you can pre-order Night of 140 Tweets at Amazon.com slash 140Tweets. Jordan and I were there live in person. It was the most amazing experience of my life, certainly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan, you were pretty wasted, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. I got way too drunk to remember it. Um, I was out of town, so I sent in my tweet via, via, via video. Oh, but you looked great. Hey, fantastic. So they did show it. The camera yeah, loves yeah. you. Oh, good. Um, this, is, this is what this was. Our pals Paul Shear and Rob Hubel, both of whom have been guests here on Jordan mm-hmm. Jesse Go, along with the Ben Stiller organization. He's running an organization. They help him develop new funny faces to make for the next uh, Zoolander film. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys have teamed up to bring together 140 of the most amazing Twitterers, or technically 138 of the most amazing Twitterers, plus me and Jordan. Um, and we all went to this show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. We each did one tweet in succession. And there was like all the Reno 911 and the state folks were there. Your Michael Ian Blacks, your Tom Lennons. Your Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell yeah. was there. Ben Stiller was there. There were porn stars there. Demi Moore. Uh, Ashton Kutcher was the there. Kutch. Dane Cook. Uh, made an appearance no, on the I'm, UCB I'm, stage. I'm curious. Did his skin start to burn when he walked into the UCB? <laughs> That's what I wondered. Uh, he certainly got some. He certainly got some like flecks of white on his fingernails. Just like like holding a vampire in this, or, or like an alien nation holding <laughs> yeah. Mandy Patinkin in seawater. Um, <laughs> it was it was a really an amazing thing to be a part of. Uh, Rich Summer, the very funny uh, cast member of Mad Men, 
um, made the, probably the tweet of the night, which I understand was uh, contributed to by uh, Harris Whittles, the very funny Harris Whittles, which was he went up uh, completely nude and tweeted something to the effect of or said into the microphone in the form of a tweet, something to the effect of uh, uh, had a bizarre dream. I was completely naked in front of uh, several hundred people. Also, at Weird Al Yankovic was there. <laughs> Strangest part, at Al Yankovic was there. That's so. fantastic. And I saw the pictures of that. He was basically just cupping his junk in his yeah. hand. Yeah, you could exactly. see the side of his junk. Well, it sounds like you were studying very closely. Oh, Jordan. yeah, I'm a big gay. Um, so uh, uh, <laughs> Amazon.com slash 140 uh, tweets. You can pre-order either the DVD or the video, and all of the money from it goes to charity. It all goes... Uh, to uh, earthquake relief in Haiti. They're building schools, building schools in Haiti. Yeah. It's the Stiller Strong. It is a phenomenal idea and, and, you know, so minimal. I mean, like, everyone put in, you know, like, showing up and doing a tweet. How hard is that? Sure. I and, got a and, lot more out of it than I put into it. And yet, uh, you know, I'm sure this is going to make a shitload of money for... Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's like a $3 affair. It's well well, well worth it, I would say. It's, so. a, really, it's a really magical thing. Amazon.com slash 140 tweets. <laughs> Um, and, of course, we're online at MaximumFun.org. You can check out Nerdist.com for all of Chris Hardwick's great uh, material, including links to those shows that we were just uh, plugging. And, and I don't want people to forget to give us a call at 206-984-4FUN if something momentous happens to them or if they just have a, a quip, a fun story, a question for us. Um, and uh, also the hat contest drawing to a close. At the mm-hmm. end of the month, you only have until the end of the month to enter the hat contest. You can email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Uh, We've had some really nice. We've had some really nice submissions lately. Um, I'm really excited about the way the hat contest is going. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm feeling good about hmm. it. Um, and we'll be back next Wait, week. Before we go, yeah. can I just? I'm going to call up and talk about my momentous occasion. Okay. Which was the time I was on Jordan Jesse Go in March of 2010. Yeah. Class act. I would say he's sort of the Dave Holmes of people who aren't Dave Holmes. Sure. We'll be back. I get that all the time. We'll be back in just uh, in a week on Jordan Jesse Go. (laughs) 